What? I said, you know, I was ready to go with some witty banter, and you didn't hit record. I did. Now you're recording. Now I'm recording. Well, you missed the good stuff. Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier <laughs> podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. We're back with a race recap. Indeed. And we're going to do a couple of those, but we don't know which order we're going to do them in. So. That's right. So we're going to do like a night full of recording. So basically, we've got we've actually done what actual podcasters do. Like we've now got episodes in the bank that we I haven't know. yet released, which it's is amazing. Exciting. I know. It's weird. It's really, really weird. It's like that's what actual podcasters, as Zach alluded to earlier today, with actual listeners do. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, dear listener. <laughs> no, we're listening to this. Indeed. Jake. Jake's listening to a lot of podcasts. Good old Jake. Jake. George is listening as well. Good thank old you. George. Oh. So what are we going to talk about? We've done a couple of events lately. Uh I've done a couple of events. You've done one event with me. Yeah. I've done an event by myself. Yep. Um I reckon let's let's talk about not Warburton, but Oxfam. Well, let's not talk about Warburton because for the third time <laughs> since I've got here, I've been here. Seven minutes, and you've called Brimbank Warburton three times. Yeah, it's a good time. So Andrew and I did Brimbank together, but we're not going to talk about that one in this podcast. This podcast, we're going to talk about... Oxfam. Now Oxfam. That, now that you're all sufficiently confused. Now as, that we're all sufficiently confused. As I am. Yeah. So, Zach, what is Oxfam? Uh, Oxfam's hard. That's what Oxfam is. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, it would be. Oxfam is for the charity, Oxfam. Um, it's a trail walk here in Melbourne, Australia, and also in Sydney, Australia. Uh, the most famous Oxfam is in Hong Kong. Um, oh. So, yeah, Oxfam, the original trail walker, from what I can tell, was done in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there's Oxfams all over the world, he says, but definitely two in Australia. Do we know what it's named after? Uh, Gerald Oxfam. Ah, brilliant. Yes, uh, from the Southern Oxfams. I, I don't know if you're serious or yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> big plantation man back in the day. I just yeah. don't know. I've got no idea either. Okay, cool. Um, it's it's going to stand for something. It's fine. You've only like devoted 24 hours of your life like three times to this thing. Yeah, I know. It's, it's definitely twice. Uh, history. I don't know. This is a, it's a global phenomenon. Uh, it began in 1981 as a military training exercise okay. for the Elite Queen's Gurkha Signals Regiment in Hong Kong. I want a Gurkhan pickle now. Mm. And it's now grown into one of the world's leading team endurance challenges. Each year uh, across the world, 250,000, a quarter of a million people will take part. Wow. Um, it currently takes place in Australia, India, New Zealand, Spain, France, UK, Belgium, Hong Kong, and South Korea. Get in on the like slide there, United States. you got to get in on this. Yes. So there's, it's begging there. Um, and so, yes, so Melbourne um, was on, on the last weekend. The weekend just gone. Now, which we, we, we still don't know why it's called Oxfam. Though. We still don't know why it's called Oxfam because I'm Googling frantically. I'm guessing Oxfam is a suburb in, in Hong Kong. What does Oxfam <laughs> stand for? I need to know. This is riveting. The name Oxfam comes from the Oxford Committee for Famine Relief. Founded in Britain in 1942. That makes sense. The group campaigned for food supplies to be sent, blah, 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 blah. blah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Oxford Committee for Famine Relief. Oxford Famine. I can get behind that. There we go. Very right. good. Well done, Oxfam. Tick. Looks like this is legit. Indeed. Looks like... Looks it's, like... It's, 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 it's brought to you by Oxford. It's yes. legit. Looks like this event that over the last two years I've uh, spent 48 hours of my life doing and walking 200 kilometers is legit. Indeed. That's good. That's Indeed. really useful. That's what you want to know. Um. So, yeah, so Oxfam was, for me, the third event I did in 13 days. Yeah, that's nuts. So I did three events in 13 days, two 50s and then 100. That's silly. And the 100 came four days after we did Brimbank. So Brimbank was on the Sunday and Oxfam was on the Friday. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's five sleeps, four days. Five sleeps, four days, yeah. yeah. That's insane. Hmm. So um, it starts, um, it's always held kind of in the same place here in Melbourne. It's over on the eastern side of Melbourne, going across the Dandenong Ranges. Uh, and the Dandenong Ranges, if you've ever been to Melbourne and you've gone up onto one of the tall towers and you've looked out to the east, that's that big range there. Um, it's, uh, it's where in Melbourne all the weather builds up. And so, you know, weather that will go very, very quickly over the western and northern parts of Melbourne will tend to get to these mountain ranges and, and rain can hang around a lot longer there, which happened the day before um, Oxfam last week. We had uh, some enormous rain oh, come yeah. through on the Thursday. That's a good point. Yeah, like 17 mils of rain came through. That was the, awful. The, the night before where everyone was very nervous going and thunderstorms and lightning and the bash and the crack and the wallop. And I sort of half went into a voice then, but didn't commit. I was waiting for you to do like the uh, the Monster Mash voice or something. What would that be? You know that guy? The Monster Mash. That would have been good. A bit of crash and the bang and the wallop. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I kind of, I still don't feel like I committed deal this yeah, We'll fix that in place. You didn't, you didn't, they wouldn't, would they, have they? Have oh, Oxfam will cancel you. Really? Oh, yeah. Because it's a charity, mate. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Oxfam's like, if, oh, oh, sorry, the event's been cancelled. Um, yep, no refunds, um, no yeah. no carry forward to next year. Thank you for your donation. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I guess that's the most important thing. That happened to COVID. It got oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. It got cancelled three days before COVID. That's right. And Daryl was pissed off, oh, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. The guys are ready to go. It got yeah. cancelled three days before COVID uh, because of COVID. And, uh, and the result was, hey, because of COVID, we're not allowed to run the event. And logistically, we can't just replan and carry it forward yeah. and do all that sort of stuff. So... Thank you for your donation. Um, everything that you fundraised is a donation, and your, I, th I think they made the entry fee tax deductible donation as well. Oh, that makes sense. So, but yeah. but yeah, there was no oh free entry for next year. I mean, I guess who really wants to, to walk a hundred kilometers anyway? It's Not fun. me after doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I was asking myself it a couple of times. Fair yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, so um, the way it starts is um, basically you get a starting slot of. 7 o'clock, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, and you just got to get up and get over there. So it's, you know, starting around about dawn yep. uh, on the Friday. But this year they actually did also on the Saturday you could go do a 55K event or a 30K event. Oh, yeah. So they've recognized that, um, yeah, doing 100 kilometers is a massive challenge, but you know what? So is doing 55. Yeah. So is doing 30, Yeah. depending on what it is. So Oxfam's released two other races here in melbourne at least i think they're doing it in sydney as well and are those teams too yeah as well? still teams it's a team event okay yeah, yeah right you you can't finish oxfam as an individual um you've got to finish in uh, a team of three or more okay um just for safety's sake they sure. don't like uh, to let sense. you if something happens on the trail yeah, yeah sure yeah someone stays with the person who's injured and someone goes off to get help yeah it's kind of the concept i um, mean ultras all over the world don't let people run solo i guess right? yeah there's yeah. well there's a bit of a well, I mean, there's a bit of a guiding <laughs> principle with ultras that if you come across someone who's hurt, you stop yeah. and help them. Oh, yeah, I got that wrong. You don't do that. Well, no, no one stopped to help you at um, no. um, Bright, did they? No, they didn't. Did, did. Well, a couple of people offered me like emergency blankets because they knew I was dying, but that well, was about it. Well, there we go. There's the, there's the spirit brought together. <laughs> and then, um, we, we can't go like an entire episode without me feeling sorry for myself no. for what happened in Bright two years ago. Exactly. Or like, last year. It was interesting what you did, Zach, because I tell you the time I stubbed my pinky. You know, <laughs> uh, remember that time I hit my head? I had to sleep under the rest station table for three hours. Like, it was fine. It was like, yeah. it wasn't like three hours. It was okay. like 30 minutes. Let's talk about, let's talk about Oxfam. Well, well, ask me a question sure. about Oxfam. Thank you. Well, how did it go? Why did you want me to just jump? Actually, um, before you jump straight into it, I'm actually curious. This Why? Is I'm not really. Probably spoilers, but do you think it went 
as well, better, or worse than last year? Oh, um, I think I think objectively you would say it went better than last year. Mm. I think it went as well. Okay. Yeah. So you finished faster. Kind no, of we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. We'll get there. We got a hundred kilometers of good stuff to talk about. I've got a kilometer by kilometer breakdown here for you. Cool. To talk to you about. I don't have that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm like it's, well, I'm surprised because you kind of like normally do. It's been three days and I can barely remember it. Really? So, yeah. Is that fun? Well, so yeah. I guess all the brain's going. Yeah. Uh, all the blood's going to your legs. Well, I got it. So like, um, what was the what was the prep like? What what what? Yeah. What did you do differently prepping for this year that you did last? Good year? good 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 question. Um, now because. So remember back in like November, December last year, we were talking about what we were going to do for this year. Yeah. And it was like, right, we're going to go hard for Melbourne. We're going to do Melbourne really hard. And so I was kind of sitting there going, right, let's do 11 months, 12 months of really solid training for Melbourne. Um, and that lasted about six weeks before I got the idea to do three ultras in 13 days yeah. and just signed up for them. Yeah, so, um, so my training for 100 this year was a lot more cross-training a lot more on the bike, and I also got back into strength training in December last year. So I've had four months or so of really good cross-training, really semi-regular strength training, plus my normal running um, routine and everything. So so I And also um, understanding a little bit more what the event was going to be like, panicking less on long runs about doing running the whole time yeah. and more walking and power hiking sure. and getting a lot more comfortable with going, hey, unless we've got a team of four people who can absolutely run the whole thing, there's no point one person being ready to run mm. and not being able to walk because the walking motion is just so different and yeah. works muscles so much different. And so that really helped me in terms of this event. I felt way stronger in my legs and everything and in some of the muscles around the knee uh, and so forth than I was leading into it so but my training was you know 70k weeks you know running four times a week towards the end doing a couple of double days are you only running four times a week i only run four times a week at the moment really? i bike ride three times a week so i commute on the bike three sure. times a week i bike ride mm. four times a week so i run four times a week but i do doubles on tuesday doubles on thursday okay and then i do um you know Longer, slower runs. So you run four days a week, but you I run, four run days like a week. six times a week. I run four days a week, but I yeah, I run four days a week, but I run six times a week. Freak. Yeah. Um, but which is very different to what I was doing a couple of years ago where I was running like five, six days a week yeah. and not doing any cross training. Sure. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that the cross training will give me a little bit more resilience this time. Um, but yeah, that's what my training, my lead up was to it this year was, yeah, not as much running, more walking, more hiking. But honestly... I had one really good I, I had two good long runs before this batch. I had a day where I did um a fifteen kilometer run, then paused for an hour and then did a twenty kilometer run. That's so right. that was a thirty-five K day. So I had that was a good day. Uh and then I did a Friday run where I ran back from the city, which was a thirty-three K run. And that killed me. My fueling was horrible yeah. and really put the fear of God into me, which was good because it kind of need those sometimes. I really needed that. It was yeah. my it was my don't take this for granted. Mm. Um, and then I had leading up to Oxfam, I had two fifties. So right. yeah, you know, so I, I had the long runs. Yeah, I, guess I just so. I just did them four days before the event. Yeah, yeah. that's a taper for you. Exactly. Um, so so Oxfam starts over in uh, on the far side of the city in Emerald. Do you know Puffing Billy? 
Yeah. Yeah, so it starts where Puffing Billy stops. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah, so it starts with Puffing Billy. I love Puffing Billy. Yeah, it was great fun. You um, you you come back from uh, Puffing Billy at Gembrook to Puffing Billy at Emerald, uh, and then you go up a big hill to Fernie Creek in the middle of the Dandenongs, and then from Fernie Creek you head over to the Sylvan Reservoir, which is a big water reservoir they've got there, and that's all that first little bit is is pretty hilly. You go up. Um, a big hill, and then you come down, go across a hill, and then you come down a big hill. Um, and there's about, oh, I don't know, one and a half thousand meters of climbing in that first 40-odd Ks or so. Uh, in 40 Ks, I guess. I mean, that's yeah, not insignificant, yeah. but it's not awful. It's not awful, no. Yeah. And then from Sylvan Reservoir out to Lilydale Lake, it's just flat it's a little boring sure. to be honest there's not much there yeah. um you get to lilydale lake lilydale lake was at about the 60k mark yeah um so it took us we we started at seven o'clock in the morning um from uh Gembrook. we got to uh fernie creek where we had lunch we got there at about 12 o'clock so civilized in the middle yeah. of an ultra you just have a lunch and then we got to lilydale lake at about seven o'clock for dinner so we actually, our, our stages between those first four rest stops was really, really good in terms of we got to the main rest stops at a logical time for for, for, you, for food. Now, for I, food. I, I was following, like, I, I saw Simon on Strava. He, he did, like, checkpoints. Yep. And it looked like he was going, like, really fast, though. Was it? Like, it was, like, three miles or whatever it was, because my Strava's in miles, but it was like nine-minute miles, which is like a six-minute kilometer. You guys wouldn't have been moving that. So, so, so Simon was our crew chief. Oh, so he was... Yeah, so Simon wasn't doing the walk. So us. he was just kind of meeting you. Yeah. Okay. So the walk was... I've, 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 I've buried the lead here. I yeah. forgot to mention the team. The team El Pace Bros of Daryl, Omar, no Simon, substituting Chris in this year for Simon. Chris? Not Chris, you know, a different oh, Chris. I don't like him. He's all right. I mean, he's fine. He did fine. Um, and, and Zach. Which is me. That's you. Yeah. So Simon, like, stayed true to his word last year. He was not doing it. Simon, anything. we could not convince him. Because <laughs> I remember he was not, like, thrilled with last he year. He hated it after last year. Mm. He felt like he didn't perform well. He felt like he let us down. Um, he pulled up really sore. Sure. He just did not enjoy it, and he was just not doing it again this year. But what he did was, I still want to be part of it. So he was involved in all of the training runs. Awesome. He came out to Warburton and did the real Warburton, not Rimbank Warburton that you keep making up. Sorry. Real Warburton. <laughs> Um, and did a training 50k there. Yeah. Um, and then he was our. Had he done a 50k before Warburton? Yeah, he'd done Warburton the year before. Oh, he did. And the year before that. Oh. So he's done Warburton three times. So, yeah. So I had to say it was yes. Yes. Thanks. But I wanted to be specific with data. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, 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 so uh, Simon was our crew chief. So, Simon, we met at Simon's place at five o'clock in the morning. Sounds like a bar. Yep. Simon's, Simon's place. place at five o'clock in the morning. He drove us across to the start line. Yep. Left us at the start line, drove to the first checkpoint, mm. went for a run at the first checkpoint, waiting for us, then got all our gear to the checkpoint. So when we walked in, it was all sitting there. We just needed to change our stuff and away we went and off sure. we went. Packed all our gear up, drove to the next checkpoint, did a run at the next checkpoint, got all the gear ready for us and got our lunch ready for us. So when we pulled up, we did that. He, we headed off. He packed everything up. He drove to the Sylvan Reservoir, checkpoint number three, went for a run. Because he was waiting for us, got food and everything set up for us. We walked in, swapped all our stuff around again. He packed up the car, drove to Lilydale, parked the car, went for a run. That's awesome. So he 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 ran thirty four kilometers or so. Yeah, wow. We got to the sixty k mark. 
And we're like, oh, man, we've done 60K. Someone's like, I've done 34. <laughs> and <laughs> I've been running. And I've been running. You guys have been walking it. It took, it took you um, 12 hours to do 60 kilometers. I've done 34 kilometers probably in about, you know, two and a half hours of running because he was running five-minute kilometers the whole time. So that was his. That's pretty thing. awesome. Yeah. And that's really hard to do to, like, just, I, I, I feel, just run, like, five kilometers yeah. at a time. And then stop yep. for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour or whatever. Oh, more than that. Yeah. Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. And just do it again. I reckon that's pretty hard. It was to crazy. Do. And he wasn't sweating at all. He hasn't like done it, the Backyard Ultra yet, has he? He hasn't done a Backyard Ultra. I think he'd be good for a Backyard Ultra. I feel ultra. like he'd be dominant. Yeah. It's just his fueling. Simon's yeah. just his fueling. He needs, to, he needs to fuel way, 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 way more than he does. Got to get Omar to give him some Snickers bars. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Omar. <laughs> how he went nice. so let's let's not start taking lessons from from omar on this one Fair right? enough. Yeah. um so yeah so the first um first two stages call it 30 kilometers or so a lot of climbing um up to one and a half thousand k's and then down again to lilydale um and so we where we were traveling is omar's back was playing up so through the first three stages or so omar's back was was giving a bit of trouble when we when we had um lunch and everything he was kind of okay um once we left lunch we got to the sylvan reservoir we were, we were a little bit slower there than we wanted to be because he had some blisters mm. that he wanted to get checked out so we had to go to the first aid station and get some blisters looked at um and then when we got to lilydale it was kind of like when we got to lilydale last year with simon and everyone was like oh simon's not traveling well this year it was it was omar omar was at lilydale lake and everyone was like oh geez how's how's he going here how's he How's he doing? Is he doing all right? And so mm. we we took a long time uh, at the Lilydale Lake, and the Lilydale Lake was meant to be like a major dinner stop. Um, so we knew we were going to be there for a while because it was also seven o'clock at night. So we were going to change our clothes and get ready for night time because it was going to get cold overnight. Right. So apart from Daryl, who decided to wear short shorts the entire time, like he was in Mardi Gras, the rest of us changed into tights and long sleeves and everything, and, and sort of rubbed up a little bit. Daryl, the cold does not bother Daryl. That man is made of sterner stuff than the rest of us. I don't yeah. like cold. But but we left um we left Lilydale Lake and we we're like, oh geez, little worried about Omar. His back's been playing up and everything's not been great there, but not doing too well. But the other thing we did when we left Lilydale Lake is we took poles with us. We'd not done any. Mm. Yeah, I know. I've not done any training with poles before. That's what you want to do in the middle exactly. of it. Exactly. Nothing new on race day except for poles. Hey, Cal, what are you doing here? Bro, a massive greyhound has just walked in and decided he wants to introduce himself to the podcast. What, what's your beef today? He's a bit unusual, generally, but especially today. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we took poles from Lilydale because after Lilydale, we were going up to an appropriately named thing called Sky High. Right on. Um, and Sky High. I love that movie. Yep. Yeah, tallest part of the Dandenongs, tallest part of the event. Yeah. And it had a bit of climbing in it, which was similar to what you do at Warburton. Like we're talking 500 meters of climbing yep. in a couple of kilometers. That's fun. So really, really steep gradient, you know, yeah. 25% gradients um, on average for this entire section. Sure. And so we got there. Pulled our poles out. Um, <laughs> then we got ready to hike. <laughs> yeah, penis. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, just yeah. just for those in the back that didn't get it. <laughs> um, um, and so out, out we get, and we're hiking up this hill. And this hill was like, we at first we thought it was like just a dirt path. At one point, it just turned into like cramp, sandy, crushed gravel, where we just. Sli you know, sinking into it. Yeah. And you're putting the poles in, and the poles are going in five, six centimeters deep. 
And it's like, this is unbelievable. And we're working out why people down the bottom of the hill had started stretching yeah. beforehand because, you know, this annoying woman, as we sort of came up to it, we're like, um, oh, geez, this is tough. And she's like, with that voice, she's like, oh, haven't you done this before? And we're like, no, no, we haven't. She's like, oh, wait till you get around the corner. It's terrible around there. Nothing can prepare you for it if you haven't done it before. I hate you, lady. And I'm like, the first of all, the course only got confirmed three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so unless you happen to live on the, it, the... This Oxfam Melbourne course is a course that really benefits people who live on the eastern side of the city. Sure. Because it's so much more convenient for them to go check it out. When you're living on the west side for us, it's a three-hour round trip just to get there and back before you do any hiking. Mm. So it's not practical for us to, to trial the course. He says, not trying to justify at all this woman's tone. Yeah, um, who, bitch. You know, at yeah, 11 o'clock at night, I wasn't I wasn't in a mood to hear it. You know, <laughs> I wasn't in a mood to hear it. That's fair. Which, which might have contributed to our demise a little bit um, because... Did Zach become cranky pants? We got to, Well, we got to the bottom of this first hill and we go up this first hill and it's sandy and it's slippy, but we're using the poles and I'm like, wow, these poles are really helping. Like I've got my balance more and I'm using my them to pull me up. And they say 30% benefit you'll get out of using poles sure. if you use them correctly. And so we got up that first bit and then we go around another bit and then we get to another bit, which I can only describe as like stairs carved into the side of the mountain. And it didn't feel like a trail that was being maintained by Parks Victoria. It felt like a trail that locals used okay. um, to cut a 20-minute round trip out of their visit or something like that. Because it was just very, very, like, single trail, very, very uneven stairs. And then you come around a corner and there's a rope there to pull yourself up on. Oh, yeah. That's because right. the ropes, because, you know, it's just too steep to yeah. actually go up. Yeah. Um, but I didn't use the rope. Ah, um, boy. But so we barreled up through that. Um, and then we got to the next bit. And hindsight tells us we probably should have regrouped mm. and caught our breath. Sure. But Daryl said, go at your own pace. And I decided my pace was, screw you, lady. Um, and so I was just going to barrel up the hill as fast as I could. So I go up the hill, stomp, 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 stomp. Daryl's behind me because Daryl gets to a hill and just nothing stops him and off he goes. Stops. You know what very rarely works in the middle of a race? Spite. Yeah. yeah. No, no, spite is fuel. Um, and then Chris and Omar were coming up the back. And I'm, I'm striding along and off we go. And then we hear Chris behind us, hey, guys. He's like, I think Omar needs a break. And we're like, all right. So Omar sat down on the side of the trail on this hill. And so we're on like a 45 degree gradient. This yeah. hill is steep. Yeah. I'm like, I, we have to go back out and check this hill out. Just sure. check this one section. This one section from the bottom of this thing to sky high. Yeah. Got to go back and do it in daylight and okay. see what it's like. Um, and so Omar's like, right, I just need to stop, guys. I just need to stop. And so we all stop there. And I'm probably, I want to say, 40 meters Yep. Up the hill from him, and Daryl's maybe 25, 30 metres up the hill from him. So we wait for five minutes or so for Omar to get his breath back. And then he's like, right, let's go. And he gets to me, 40 metres up the hill. He's like, I have to stop again. Mm. So he sits down, and he has another break. And we're like, are you fueling? Like, what are you doing? We're like giving him jelly beans. And he's like, how many of these do I need to eat? He's like, you need to eat one, and then you need to eat another one. And then you need to eat another one after that. And you've got to keep eating until yeah. you've eaten eight of them. Uh, you know, that's your, that's a serve. Yeah. And keep drinking. So he was on the side of the this hill on this log for another five, six, seven minutes or so. Then he got up and did the final 40 minutes, 40 meters up to where the, the, the hill stopped and there was a road, sat down on the side of the trail for another seven, eight, nine minutes or so. Yeah. Probably took him 
30 minutes or so um, to get up, uh, conservatively saying, 150 metres. Sure. Just because he was he was wiped. wiped. He yeah. was wiped. He hit the wall. It was nothing to do with his back. It was nothing to do with his blisters. But his back and his blisters were probably causing his body to react in such a way that it wasn't ta- probably taking fuel and water on. Yeah. And so, and he was probably, you know, holding his breath or breathing too hard, and he just hit the wall. Yeah, you know, he felt nice. like he was going to faint. Um, bunch of people went past us at that point. Like, it felt like Burke Street. Yeah. Just wow. heaps of people walking past us. And and no one making a joke like, uh, uh, not here for a nap buddy or stuff like that, but people genuinely going, is he all right? Yeah. Like, do you need help or something? But like, that bitch lady would have made a joke. She, made, she came past us. Oh. She's like, told you it was tough. Did she? Yeah. That bitch. Did you get her name? Did you get her no, number? No, I didn't get her name. We, I, I, I don't know. I have to go back. I hope you're listening, lady. Nobody needs that shit. It was it was not cool. No, it's um, not cool. Especially since I'm a competitive dickhead. And so I was counting everyone that went past. Did you throw her down the mountain? Going, There's another one, Omar. That's fine. Let's just wave to them as they go past. That's fine. Click. Another one. You're not a timing map, dickhead. Get up. So Wow. <laughs> so, so eventually Omar got back up, uh, got moving. We've still got three or so kilometers to go at this point. Yeah. We're still heading to something called Sky High, which... Wait, three kilometers to go in the race or in this in section? In the stage. In the stage. And there's still two, two stages this after. Is what, 60 kilometers in? This would be taking us to about the 74K. Okay, yep. The end of the stage would be 74K. Sure. And we had to get there. And poor Omar, he's like, all right, I just need to get to the stage and we'll be right. And I look at Daryl, and Daryl's like, there's a lot more climbing. <laughs> Nothing as bad as what we've done. Yeah. But there's still several hundred. Because we were, we knew that the total elevation for the course was 3,200. Yeah. And we knew once we got past Sky High, it was downhill from there, mm. which was going to be its own challenge. So we're like, there's still a lot more climbing to go. Like, we've got to get probably another 300 meters of climbing mm-hmm. between here and there to get there. And so it was just stomp along slowly teams passing us just slowly moving along slowly stomping along um but it was funny as we came into sky high into the checkpoint i looked behind me because i because i felt really bad that i gunned it up the hill Mm. and so i was like right i've got to really control myself and not go as fast as i can go right now yeah i've got to really think about like leading out for the team so i was you know, trying to be really, really methodical with my stomping. And I'm listening behind me to the breathing. And I'm like, okay, the breathing sounds okay. The breathing sounds controlled. We head up into the final bit of the checkpoint. And I turn back to check on Omar. And Omar's not there. It's Chris. Oh, good. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. What are you doing? Why are you walking so slow? I said, I'm making sure we don't run off on Omar. He's like, Omar's up ahead of you. <laughs> I'm like, what? So Omar had gone past me at some point. I'd been head down, trying not to get ahead of myself, not go too fast. Omar had gone to hell with this. Second wind. I want to get to the checkpoint and have a rest. So yeah. he blasted past me. And I was like, oh, prick. <laughs> so then I ran the rest of it. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we got to the, the 74-kilometer checkpoint or something. Well, it said it was 74 k's on the map. But the map's distances were screwed. Okay. So the 100-kilometer course was actually 102. I did 0.2. see that, yeah. And so a bunch of stuff we did, a bunch of our planning got thrown out. Like, we we left this 74-kilometer checkpoint, walked for three kilometers, and got to a sign that said 75 k's to go. And we're like, what's going on? It should be it should be 73 k's to go. No, yeah. it's 102 kilometers, not 100. So there was stuff like that. But, but to his credit, Omar, once he got past that sky-high checkpoint... He did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. We we 
held the time we needed to hold for the next two stages. The, the, the next stage was from the sky high down, all the way down the thousand steps past the library track, which is going downhill is so much harder, as you know, because it's a descending exercise. Yeah. You're having to break with your legs. But the poles were amazing. You use the poles, you put the pole down first, and then as you step down, rather than stepping with your body weight, you use the poles to lower you down, and it takes a little bit of weight off you. Yeah, sure. And so you trash your quads a lot, plus just general stability of knowing where yeah. you go. Like we got to the top of the Lilydale track, and it's very, very steep at the top of the Lilydale track, and my body just naturally broke into a bit of a, a joggy run thing. Yeah. I just went with it right and on. just sort of, you know, stepping with the poles, like almost like skiing, okay. almost like cross-country skiing and just letting the legs roll, just going, I'm not even going to try and break here. I'm just going to let the momentum go. I'm going to use the poles to like balance myself because it was dark. I had my headlight on, yeah, but it was dark. But I was just, I was, and I was basically just doing this sort of movement all the way down. I got down that hill so fast. I finished five minutes ahead of Daryl and Omar and 10 minutes ahead of Chris because yeah. Chris... The one thing in Chris's training is he hadn't done enough training to let his feet and ligaments and everything toughen up. Mm. And so what he found was he'd done a bit of uphill climbing in his training, but he hadn't done as much trail running as we've all done. And so when it came to downhill, his foot was flexing in a downhill wood position. Yeah, that's that's the that's what I used to miss. Yeah. Front of top of the foot, front of the shins. Yeah. That was what really hurt for him. Sure. So that slowed him down. On anything flats or hill, he was fine. Yeah. But on anything downhill he he really hurt. All right. Um so yeah, so then we, we, we got to the final aid station, regrouped, had some chicken nuggets at three o'clock in the morning, which nice. is always great fun. It's a good time. Um and then just went on the last fourteen or so kilometers, which to be honest is pretty boring. Like, you know, the the hills, this was a much more exciting course than last year. Last year was hills in the first 30 kilometers and nothing for 70 kilometers. Melbourne this year was hills in the first 30 kilometers, nothing for 15 kilometers, hills for 30 kilometers or so, nothing for 15 kilometers. So apparently it's not as exciting as Sydney has a lot more hills and challenges to it. Hong Kong, you go up 23 mountains, and it has nearly 5,000 meters of climbing. Jesus. So Hong Kong's for real serious stuff. That 5,000 meters? 4,800 and something meters of climbing it is. Um, so, yeah, Hong Kong's serious. That's insane. And apparently Sydney's tougher than Melbourne, but this was the toughest Melbourne course. Like, Daryl's done 11 Oxfam's now. Wow. There's a whole bunch of people. On, there's a guy on the course who'd done over 15. That's crazy. And they were all saying, this is the hardest one they can remember. They they think there's possibly been stages that were harder than stages we did this year. But overall, in terms of the way it was all put together, this was the hardest one, Melbourne one, anyone can remember. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's insane. So, so in the end, we started at 7 o'clock in the morning. My plan said that we would spend... 120 minutes in checkpoints. Yep. And finish with an overall time, including checkpoints, of 23 minutes 38. So 23 hours 38 minutes. Yeah. So my plan said 23 hours 38 minutes with an hour, with, with two hours in checkpoints. Sure. We ended up spending probably closer to two and a half to three hours in checkpoints. Okay. But we were a lot faster on the course than my time said we would be. So we ended up finishing in 23 hours and 36 minutes. Nice. So we were within two minutes of what my plan said it would be. Yeah. My plan was very conservative with regards to our pace per kilometer. Sure. If I, I, so I rounded every pace we needed per section by half a kilometer. Yeah. So if I thought we, if I thought we could do six, I said five and a half for planning purposes. Okay. And where the very, very toughest stages, I said we would do four 
uh, four kilometers an hour, which is 15 minute kilometers. Mm. I said we would do that on average for the entire stage. But the fact of the matter is some of these stages, we were able to do multiple kilometers much, much faster than that. Sure. And it was only the most intense bits of the stage where we slowed down mm. to like 15 minute kilometers. So we made up time on a lot of those stages. So we made up time on a lot of stages, gave back time at aid stations with, you know, just taking a little bit longer to recover. Gave back time on the side of the trail for Omar to think about everything he'd done in life and all his regrets. Um, <laughs> but ended up finishing, yeah, within two minutes of what I said we'd finish it. Yeah. And only 20 minutes slower than last year. That's pretty awesome. So last year we were 23.16 for 2,000 metres of climbing. This year we were 23.36 for over 3,000 metres of climbing. Pretty good. And it sounds like you suffered a lot less than we, last year. Yeah, yeah, we did. Even Omar, I saw Omar on Monday. He was fine. Yeah. Like muscles, our muscles are not hurting as much. Like last time we tried to, and also we've been a little bit smarter with our recovery. Last time we did Oxfam and by this time we were like, oh, Wednesday, Thursday, like let's go for a run. And sure. that, we all hated it. We're not doing that this year. We're taking a whole week, 10 days off or so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's but good but even still, we're feeling way stronger and better recovered. Yeah. This year than we did last year. Um, and overall, our performance was better this year than last year. Last year, we came 45th out of 175-odd teams. This year, we came 32nd out of 135-odd teams. Nice. And last year, we were close to 10 hours behind the winners. Yeah. This year, we were only eight hours behind the winners. So the winners went closer to 16 hours this year, whereas last year, they went closer to 13. So it was a much tougher course, even for the people at the very, very front. Yeah. So we finished closer to the winners. We finished higher in the positions, relatively speaking. Mm. And so to get back to the question you asked at the very start, objectively, by relative standards, it was a better event than last year. Okay. But I still reckon we could have done better. Okay. I still reckon we... Where, where do you think? Why? Where? where? Well, I think... How? Um, I think part of it was, um, one, if we'd used poles on the first climbs yeah. in the first 30 kilometers of the event, if we'd known how good poles were, sure. it would have made those first climbs better. If it had made those first climbs better, Omar's back probably wouldn't have played up as much because once he started using the poles, his back didn't hurt. If Omar's back doesn't hurt, maybe he doesn't get so worried about, uh, maybe he doesn't get the blisters he got. Yeah. Maybe he keeps having the fueling be on track and everything. Sure. Maybe he gets to that point of the event where at Lilydale Lake, instead of taking an hour, we take 45 minutes or take half an hour. We start to bring the, the brakes back down. Yep. Um, maybe when we get to that part of the trek to sky high where it's super steep, rather than going all out and hitting the wall, he's able to control it more and back it back a little bit. Mm. We still go slow up the hill. But moving slowly is better than stopping. True. And so we get. So I, I, I honestly think that sub twenty three was definitely within reach for us. Yeah. Like we could take thirty six minutes off, no problem at all. And I think that you know twenty two and a half, twenty two hours would be possible if things had gone our way. But then again, you've got to also think about. So I felt great on this event. I felt fantastic. But maybe if we're pushing an hour and a half harder, I'm not feeling so great. Yeah. So maybe, you know, when we're pushing faster, I'm the guy who's finding something to struggle with. Uh, and it's all relative. Like there's, there's teams that ran sub 20 hours. Mm. You know, fine. If I would have been comfortable doing 23 hours or 22, guess what? In a 20-hour team, I'm the slow guy that's holding everyone up. I'm definitely the slow guy in the team that went 16 hours. <laughs> so it's all relative. But, but I do think that 
I've said this both years. Both years we had a bad run. Yeah. And part of that's Oxfam. Like, you know, part of that is, you know, you've got to accept the fact that you're going to have a bad run. But also, if as you learn from that, it's like, what can I do next year to avoid the plan? Like, we were so much better planned this year. Yeah. Like, our plan this year was so much better. Our execution of stuff was so much better. Um, our training was so much better. But we didn't use poles, and we still got stuff. We Like, we learned to use poles this time. Sure. So I do think that we're still learning bit by bit by bit. Um, so I, I do think that there is still a better time. So, yep, objectively better than last year, but I'm not satisfied. I think we can do better. All right. Hmm. Well, that's that's well, hmm. we'll see how we go next year. So I guess... Oh, I don't know about that. Hey, you'll freaking do it. <laughs> Shut up. Um, you can come do it with us next year. Not going to happen. Maybe, actually, uh, maybe. My um, wife's talking about doing the 55. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'll crew her for the 55. And, and they got a 5K yeah. over there? No, no kids run, mate. <laughs> well, we, we were going to go do a park run afterwards, but decided yeah. we were a little tired. Even Daryl said he was too tired this time yeah, to go fair do a enough. park run Because he did park run last year. Last year, he stayed behind with a park run afterwards, but this year, he was like, no, nah, not doing that. What a weirdo. Hmm. Uh, so how much did you end up raising? Do you know? Yeah, we raised about $2,700. Amazing. So we smashed our fundraising goal of 2000 which was awesome. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everyone on the podcast who donated. Um, but you know that was great. Uh, goes to a good cause. Like some of the teams that raised twenty grand. Yeah, they wow. Were way ahead of us. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was all for a good cause. And yes, it it wasn't the best organized event. Bummer. Last year was super organized. This year was a little disorganized. It was a little chaotic. Um, there was a lot of waiting for what was the actual course going to be. What were the actual maps going to be? Um, but on the day, the volunteers at the checkpoints just make it absolutely amazing. So much energy. And I guess also the the shared misery of being in there on the trail with other teams and doing other stuff, that's also pretty cool. Um, so, you know, getting to see teams that are faster than you, teams that are slower than you, that classic things of, you know, a, a team that, you know, you'd sit there and go, oh, well, how prepared are they going to be? Do they look like they can really do it? And then you see them 70, 80 kilometers later, uh, and they're fresh as a daisy because they've got all this experience. Uh, and also the camaraderie of, of coming into checkpoints and seeing teams that have been walking for three, four hours get reunited with their support crews that were there. Like, I even enjoyed the idea of seeing Simon towards the end of it at checkpoints, <laughs> um, even though my nuggets were very cold by the time I got them at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Friggin' Simon, get mm. your stuff together. Yeah, but well done, El Pace Bros. Thank you, Simon, who is part of El Pace Bros. Um, we're pretty happy with it. That's right Oxfam 2023 done. Amazing. Mm. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't really have anything new to add. In terms of, there was no dramatic fueling strategy no. or um, equipment strategy. Uh, poles. poles. Poles were the big thing for me. Like, I, I don't think we've spoken about hiking poles in 150 episodes, folks. I don't think we have either. I don't I, think we've spoken. I don't about, really have any knowledge on them. No, but um, I've never, and like I said, I've never used them until um, this event. I don't even know if I was using them properly. I'm but pretty sure Isabel Ross does poll clinics. Isabel Ross was there. You're right. I saw her. She was at the start line at seven o'clock. She came second. Her team came second. Of course they did. Yeah, they were, and they were 55 minutes behind the winners. Yeah, wow. So I'm assuming Isabel put together a pretty solid team. Yeah. And they took just under 17 hours to do it. That's insane. So that goes to show what sort of course it was. Mm. Compared to last year, last year people were coming in sub, you know, 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours. There was quite a lot of teams for there. Sub 20 was good enough probably to get you 
top dozen yeah. camps this year. Yeah. Speaking of Isabel Ross, uh, three finishers at the Barclays this year. Yes. Uh, not Isabel Ross. She didn't. She wasn't one of them. She's done the Barclays. Yes. Yeah, three finishers. So next year, Lazarus probably going to make oh. it so hard that nobody's ever going to He's going to run it again. underwater or something. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be great. Anyway. Still won't be as tough as Oxfam. <clears throat> no, of course not. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, uh, cool. Excellent. Right on. Well, thanks for taking us through Oxfam. Um, We'll catch you next time. Yeah, I got <laughs> nothing else to add. So we're going to go on to our second episode and start recording again. So let's stop this one and start again and see, dear listener, if you can tell the difference. Or does this one come second and the next one we're about to record comes first? Uh-huh. You tell us. Uh-huh. Until then, we hope to catch you out there on the roads, the trails, and the treadmills going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>